This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode 144. Welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, the show where I talk to today's entrepreneurs in the pizza slash restaurant industry. We also bring on the top marketers out there, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, email, and try to figure out what's working right now currently to help you grow your business, whether you're in a restaurant business or whatever business, small local business you're trying to operate and grow. This show is good for you. Just because the name says Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast doesn't mean you can't learn some things and use them in your business to grow your social media following or just grow sales using the tactics that we talk about on the show. Today's episode, Mike Canino, my good friend Mike Canino, who's joined me on many, many, many episodes, uh, joined me again, and we're answering your questions. We get questions all week long through email or through social media. And on the show today, we are answering all of them. Well, at least four of them, because if we answered all of them, this show would be four hours long. And my attention span is only good for about 45 to 50 minutes. So that's how long this show is. Uh, Questions we we answer on the show today is, what would we do if we only had a $200 ad budget on Facebook? Uh, How long should your videos be and what should you talk about in them? How far in advance should you plan out your content? And then what kind of systems do you use to manage your team uh, and get a little less busy yourself and grow your business and grow your team? Mike's got a great answer for that question, so stick around for that. If you're looking for our help when it comes to marketing, you should definitely check out our marketing platform we work with, specifically pizzerias right now, but we do expand that out maybe later for restaurants and more other kinds of businesses. Uh, we do that with our marketing platform, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. You can see if your zip code is available. We also have coaching uh, and our mastermind group. All of that is available over at smartpizzamarketing.com. I do have to say thank you to the sponsor for today's show. It is Our Town America. If you're looking to find local people who have just moved into your area, this is definitely the platform for you. Uh, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash our town. You can definitely go check out some more information on that. What they do is they come up with some sort of offer from your business. They target people who have just moved into your area, and then they send them that special offer through the mail. And it's zip code exclusive, just like we do. And there's no wasted coverage of the whole neighborhood. It's more specifically targeted to people who just moved into their area because they are searching out local businesses because they're new and they don't know what's around. So as they move in, They hear from you, and then they come into your business. They're trackable. You can see who's returning and all of that good stuff. If you want some more information about that, you should definitely contact Susan at OurTown.net. Her phone number is 480-678-1366. Thank you to Susan in Our Town for sponsoring the show, uh, helping us bring you this podcast episode every single week. All right. I think that's enough for me. Let's just get into this podcast with Mike Ganino answering your questions. And I think we gave some really, really good answers if I had do say so myself inside of this episode. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. A little bit longer of an episode than we're used to because it's a live show. Uh, We really elaborated. And when I have a guest on and we answer questions, we kind of go back and forth a little bit, especially Mike and I. So this podcast episode is going to be about an hour long, but it's an hour long of really value-packed information. I think you're going to need to get a grab a pen and a piece of paper and take some notes or just hit the rewind button like I would do because I'm too lazy to go get a pen and a piece of paper. So check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. And stay tuned for the end of the episode. We'll talk a little bit more about how you can submit your questions in future episodes of the podcast. All right. 
you know, once every three or four weeks, my friend Mike Canito comes on and answers our, uh, not our questions, but your questions <laughs> that you submit to us, whether it's from the previous episodes or through our email newsletter that we send out on a weekly basis. Uh, we answer questions about social media, marketing, training, hiring. In the second half of those questions, I leave to Mike because that's his specialty. So, Mike, thanks so much for joining me again. How, how's everything going? It's been a while since you've been on the show. Thanks for having me. You know, it's so funny. You said that you leave the second half on the hiring stuff to me, and I was like, oh, all the marketing stuff too because I just uh, I don't uh, I talk about whatever. It's good because you know the marketing stuff. Obviously, I do that on a daily basis, so you do it, and it's good to get a different perspective. And the hiring stuff you do on a daily basis in the training, and uh, yeah, I don't. It's good to get a different perspective because maybe sometimes you'll say something, and I have a question that I would ask if I was that guy asking the original question. Yeah, I love it. You do a good job. You're like in a role play. You're like, hey, I'm John and I have a question. Right. Uh, it's good because <laughs> I don't know that much about it. So uh, I have a lot of questions. I love it. Well, ask me to come back on. I love these uh, I love these Q&A shows because they're so easy because uh, there's, you know, nothing. And I just get to show up and I'm, I'm happy to. So yes. Well, we get a ton <laughs> of questions. So, I mean, every time we do a show or a podcast episode, or I send out the email, I get, you know, four or five questions back in return. And as much as I love to email people and answer questions through email, uh, my email inbox just gets flooded. And sometimes that I either, they either pass me by or, um, you know, it's just hectic for me. So I don't always get a chance to answer them. And I hate to leave emails unsaid, especially when I ask people on the podcast, Hey, send me an email and I'll get back to you. So this is a great way for us to be able to like group them all together and answer them real quickly because we could just talk about it real quick. And, it, and it's a good show because uh, every time one person emails me something, there's probably four or five other people who have that same question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. So a couple things before we get started. I, you shared an article on, Snap, uh, uh, on Snapchat, but you shared it on LinkedIn. Um, and I said to you, I think I messaged you, I said, hey, I'm going to steal that. And uh, this is where I'm stealing it to. So McDonald's will use Snapchat to hire 250,000 jobs. This is a cool article that you shared. Um, and I think we talked about this or something like this. It had to be six or nine months ago. We talked about how you should be using Snapchat to recruit. Yeah, it's so crazy because uh, you and I were talking about how it's a fun idea and ways you could do it. And then here here it comes. So I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so that they are yes, it's awesome. I think it's a great, I, at first I was like, eh, what are they doing? But then as I read the article and how they're employing, deploying that, I think yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. So let me read a little bit of the article. Well, like, so it says to get the word out, the company is turning to Snapchat as, and they, this is in quotation marks. It says, as we see the younger generation seeking out their first jobs, we want to make them aware of great opportunities available at McDonald's. Uh, a human resource executive said, um, starting Tuesday, the company will roll a series of 10 second Snapchat ads that show McDonald's workers about talking about what they like about the gig. Viewers can swipe up and go straight to the careers website where they can apply for jobs at local restaurants. Um, another thing I heard McDonald's was doing was they were having you submit a 10 second snap, almost like a pre job application. So, hey, take a quick 10-second snap about yourself and send it to us. And then if it's good, we'll reply back with that job website application link. And I thought that was yeah. a cool thing that people could do as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting. They're calling that a snap locations. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, my, right. my friends actually over at Snag a Job are linked into that. So uh, are they Peter really? Harrison, yeah, later down in the article, uh, Peter Harrison, who's the president and CEO of Snag a Job, I just emceed their annual conference uh, in May. Um, at the beginning of May, I was in Charleston and seeing that event. And so I got to see some of the cool tools they're rolling out and things that they're doing because I got to watch from backstage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's there's a, a way that you'll be able to apply through Snag a Job, I think. I'm not entirely sure, but at the bottom of the article that, that I shared on LinkedIn, um, uh, Peter Harrison chimes in and just talks about how, you know, we've got to figure out how to make all this stuff mobile because that is where, uh, you know, the folks who are applying for jobs at McDonald's and, and pizza places and really everywhere in this industry, they're on their phone. We're all on our phones. This has nothing to totally. do with being being a certain age. We're all on our phones all the time. So you've got to make it simple to do that. And it was so funny. I was joking with somebody. I made a joke at that conference because it was a lot of HR people around how when you go to apply for a job and you upload your resume and then it asks you to fill in all the questions that you just <laughs> put on your resume. And it's like, what, what is this? This is not how this should be working in 2017. Right. So I'm excited to see this. I think it's cool. I like that. I mean, I know that it could be tricky, but if you're having people submit or you want them to submit applications through Snapchat, they're probably going to be Snapchat savvy. So I, I think when I was operating, I would have loved to have this application available where you said, hey, here's what you do. Send me a quick 10-second bio of yourself and why you want to work here or whatever you think is relevant, send it to us. And if it's good, we'll send you a link back to go fill out the application. Like that would have been so easy to weed through or just be able to view. Imagine how quick it would be to view a hundred people and probably a little entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. It's so new. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they roll it out. Cause there are some, the HR person in me, uh, there are some implications of like, why are you weeding people out? And was it based on how they looked or what were you doing? True. The reality is, is it's not any different than them showing up in person for an interview. I still get to totally. see you. I still get to hear you. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I think it's great. I like the idea. Yeah, I, thought, yeah, I do too. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see if there's anybody out there who's going to adapt this into a, like a small business because it's totally something you could do. Have people submit applications and then if they... If yeah. they sound good and they qualified, you could just easily give them a link to your online uh, application on your website. So that's pretty cool. I thought that was interesting. It's almost um, like a what is that what is that, that video email thing called? Is it Boom Boom or Bomb Bomb or something? Bomb Bomb. Yeah, you talked about it. Bomb before. Bomb. It's yeah. like the idea of that. I wonder if like back and forth, it would be like, hey, answer this question, and then you could snap right. back the answer to your question, and it's like, oh, there's almost like a remote interview going on. There's something cool there. The only thing that would be wrong with that is if like the applicant applicant said something and you're like, hey, a second, wait, you just said this. And they're like, no, I didn't. And you're like, oh, you can't go back and get it because it deleted. <laughs> it's gone. You're right. It's yeah, gone. you're right. Maybe you didn't say that. Um, two more things I want to talk about real quick before we get to the questions. Today, it was just announced that if you use Instagram Live, Mike, have you used Instagram Live at all? Or do you use Instagram Live or view I'm it? Trying to think ever done Instagram live or if I've always done Facebook live. I do stories a lot, but I don't know if I've done Instagram live yet. I was on, I've used it a few times, but when you're a content creator or someone who is like us, who is trying to like uh, educate a certain consumer for a reason to use a platform where it disappears as soon as you're done um, yeah. is is hard for me because like here, like, all right, if we only did this show for live people and then when it's over, it's over, like nobody would see it, you know, all the plays are getting 
uh, viewed afterwards because the people who we work with are busy. So I never really use it a ton, right. but I like this new feature where it, now it's going to be able to save your live to your stories for a 24 hour period. So it's almost going to be like you're adding to your stories, but it could be the full video. So if it's a 10 minute video, it'll stay on your stories as a live broadcast. I think I saw it as a separate, those little bubbles at the top. It was almost like a separate yeah. one that said, like Mike Ganino was live and it's a separate one from his real story, which is only a 24 hour cycle, which can only be so long. Interesting. Well, I love that idea too, because then it's, you're also able to, you know, whatever the interactions were with somebody, cause you could, you know, uh, if there were people there chatting with you, the people later can, I'm hoping can see what was being said. Cause that's kind of fun. Kind of like here when people type in their comments, you load it on the screen. And then when people watch it later, they're still watching a live broadcast. So that's kind of interesting. It did work just like that because I viewed one right before I, we hopped on here because it was it was new today and I just saw one that somebody did a live one and I watched the replay of it. And it oh, worked cool. just like that. As it went through the progression of the video, the comments would come up like they were in real time. So it was pretty cool. That's neat. I love it. You, know what, then, I, you know what I wish it, they had? It's only for verified people. I wish they had the thing where you could swipe up and then it goes to a link. I'm not a, yes. I'm not a verified I think it's, person, so I can't do that. No, I don't think you have to be verified now. You just have to have 10,000 followers. Thanks. So so once you get to 10, 10K, you'll have it. <laughs> don't, I, I wonder if you could buy 10,000 followers just to get that, because then you probably get more followers after that. Like, who cares who watches it? As long as you have 10,000, can use the link. But maybe they do yeah. it as a – they take a look at your account once you get to that far. Only and then one last thing. 8,500 more. Yeah, me too. I got like 9,000 more. So, um, one other thing that they brought out today was Facebook. It wasn't today, but this week they, you can now have video as your profile backdrop on your Facebook page, which was, is pretty cool. It can be a 20, I have the, I have the, uh, the stats here. It could be a 20 to 90 second in length and at least 820 by 320 pixels wide. Um, so you can have a video. So instead of a stagnant page, not your little, not your little picture, but the big backdrop picture, you can have a oh, video cool. playing on there now. So if you wanted to have one of your promo reels for you, maybe yeah. it's your speaker reel on your Facebook page. You could add that on your Facebook page. And I actually tested this out with one of our Facebook pages and it actually comes up pretty good. And on a mobile device, you can view it. So sometimes it auto plays. It's, it's a little tricky as to whether it auto plays or you have to hit the play button. But if you do hit the play button, it like brings the whole video up on your phone. Um, hmm. But there was some circumstances where it auto played. So I would just go to the Facebook page and the video would be playing in the backdrop. And you just, all you have to do is just hit click for sound so you could hear what's going on. But I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Who, who have you, have you seen someone that has it on there? Yeah, there was like a couple of social media sites that were testing it out. And then I tested it out on mine i i ended up not keeping it on mine because i didn't have a specific 20 to 90 second snippet um yeah. that i wanted to keep on there that would look good um so i ended up taking it out and just putting the regular backdrop in there but i'm thinking about doing something like welcoming people to what smart pizza marketing is and how they can get more information or if they can go listen to the podcast just like a quick 30 to 60 second of when someone lands on your page like what do you want to say i love I go, yeah. I'm going to go do that later. Not now, but yeah, later. I, I, as soon as I, as soon as I figure that out, uh, get off here and have some time, I'm going to go do that. But a pizzeria or a restaurant, I think could be like just cooking in the background. Like, what do you cook or what are you talking about? Like 
think it'd be cool for them to do that. So cool. So that's so cool. So, they should definitely do that. So those are my updates in uh, for social media slash marketing for the week. And then uh, we have a bunch of questions, Mike. I got a lot of questions for you. And cool. anybody who's watching us live can leave some questions as well. And uh, I think my computer's lagging a little bit here. I'm gonna take a second. Oh yeah, it catches up. <laughs> yeah, my internet connection. My, uh, my mom's watching. Hi, mom. Hey, mom. Hey, Mike's mom. Welcome to she the show. She works at a high school, so she can. I don't know. She'll learn some social media tricks for high school. <laughs> high school she's leadership. Trying. She's gonna realize what all her kids are doing while they're watching uh, her teach. Where does she teach? What, yeah. what town? Where in California? She works uh, uh, in Arizona. She works for the uh, in the superintendent's office. So she does. I don't actually know what she does, but she works in the superintendent's office, uh, keeping stuff moving and going. And she just got a promotion, so she she just uh, did that. So congrats! Congratulations! Mom. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats. Um, so let's get into the, what is it? She could tell all the students about applying for jobs via Snapchat. So yes. So I always tell. Listen, I I'm starting to. My daughters are 14 and 15, and then a 10 year old. But my 15-year-old and 14-year-old daughters are helping me in the business. Like I'm trying to teach them because they're on Snap. Not they're on Snapchat, but you know, sl small amounts in Instagram. And I'm like, you know what? If you're gonna use those platforms, try to like figure out how to use them in ways to you know build yourself up. Either that be through educating other people or building up your personal brand. It's always good to have a way to get your message out there. So I'm still trying to teach them. So it's in, even the 15 and 14-year-olds can can learn some stuff. Can you believe um, you've already got like 5,000 people in your email list? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, what? Uh, all right, let's get into the questions, Mike. You ready? Cool. Let's do it. All right. Um, question number one. And I, uh, some of these are repeat questions. Like we may have answered one or two of these in a different way, way long ago, but obviously new people join the show. They ask the same questions. Maybe they don't go back into the catalog and watch those other shows. So if you're watching this and you've watched this for a while, you may have heard one or two of these questions, but you know, as people ask them, we're going to answer them. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So question number one, how can I create a system to manage my team? I'm so busy on the day-to-day -day, on a day-to-day -day basis that I find it I have zero time to actually organize. Is there any help or advice that you could give me? So, I don't know anything. Do you? That's a doozy of a question. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much there. You know, it's so funny. Sometimes these these questions come through, and it's like, wait, I have. I have more. I want to know more about what's going on. So I think two things. I think I, I hear this a lot from people when they say, hey, I want to find out about, about managing differently or about you know opening a second unit or something. So my background, I came from the restaurant world and was, was working with multi-brands from you know, Potbelly. I was at Lettuce Entertain You. And so we had systems uh, so that we could reproduce things. I went you know seven stores to 200 stores at Potbelly. Um, at Lettuce, I opened a bunch restaurants and my for a hundred restaurants. And so you've got to get really good at systematizing that. The one thing I'll say, no matter how many systems you have and how many structures you have, you can't get away from the fact that somebody, uh, somebody needs to be there to help be the manager. And maybe you can create a system where the team is, is, uh, managing themselves and, and there's some of that, but at the end of the day, there's someone to hire you 
got feedback to be delivered, you've got to do it. And so sometimes when people ask questions like this, I find what they're saying is, I don't want to be a manager. And my advice to you is then hire someone who does. That's my biggest piece. Right. There are lots of things you could say, okay, wait a second, we need, uh, it's not so much that I don't want to manage people and I don't want to give feedback. It's that I actually need some structure and systems set up so that there's a specific way we do it. And I would do is just start with the team. You know, if you're having, and start with where there's an issue. So instead of, you know, solving something that's kind of abstract, like, hey, we need manage, we need, you know, we need everything managed. I would start to say, what hurts? Are you running out of food at a certain time every day? Um, are people coming in and not knowing where they should be uh, working? So I would start with a very, if this person reached out to me and said, hey, let's, let's have you come in and help us out. I would say, let's find a very specific thing to solve so that we can get that solved and then solve the next thing. Because I find that creating management structures in a vacuum is, is it doesn't work. And so I would say it's so hard to answer that question without knowing like what's broken, like what hurts. Let me, let me, let me throw a couple follow-up questions in there. Maybe I can okay. uh, be like the devil's advocate and be like, I'll be that person and you be Mike Canino helping me. Okay. Um, so if I, if I read that question, right. Cause I was probably in that one position at once. Like you, you go throughout the day and maybe you have a really busy place and you really want to get organized and build these systems out. But at the end of the day, it's not so much that you can't find someone to do it. It's that, you know, that you, it's your money on the line because you're paying all these people. And if you just did it, it would be way faster, better and easier. So how do you get out? Is it like a mentality thing to get out of it and just say, listen, no matter what happens, I'm going to hire somebody and I'm going to go through that rigorous process of tr teaching them how to do it. And no matter what it takes or how much it costs me, whether that be time or money, I'm going to follow through with the system. Is it just like a mentality and being like, I'm going to do this? I think so. I think it's it's also a little bit of saying there's probably probably the team that works there has some of the answers. And so you may not need to go hire someone and pay them a ton of money to come in and, and apply some system. I think if you were to take it and say, okay, what's not working? Well, we're disorganized because we're running out of stuff and people aren't prepping enough. Okay, cool. So let's get a few people who work here together and say, our goal is to get this fixed. This is what it looks like when it's going well. So what do we need to put in place? And I mean, even it reminds me early on uh, when I first joined Pop or Protein Bar, there just there was one location, and then I helped take it to uh, to fifteen. And you know, it was like we were running out of stuff every day. We were running out of inventory, and so it was stopping and saying, "What's the actual issue we need to solve?" And then, you know, oftentimes I, I think we actually went to the team and said, "Hey, it sucks to run out of stuff. What would you do to fix this?" And it was like, "Well, I think in the morning they should do X, Y, and Z." So we said, "Great. How do we operationalize?" that. And I think that's really the, the goal with, with restaurants specifically, is you've got to find a way that it's not based on someone remembering to do something. It's not based on someone wanting to or feeling like doing something. It's based on like, this is what happens at 10 o'clock every day. This is, uh, you know, this is how we check to make sure we have enough product on hand. So, I mean, I guess to answer the specific thing that you, if you're not, if you don't want to do that yourself, then come in and do it. But I think you probably could just do it yourself. You could say, hey, this is the new system. The issue, I think, in this case, what it sounds like, and even in, in when you were giving it giving it to me there, is that the person <laughs> is saying, I'm doing the work because I can do it right. The issue there is to say, well, figure out what doing it right looks like and make sure that you're training to that, that you're hiring to that, 
and that your operations um, are very clear that that's what great looks like. Right. And being able to tell your or teach your staff what that looks like as well, because it's one thing to be like, okay, this is what great looks like, but not being able to explain that to somebody is totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and so service is the big one there. People all the time. Uh, that's one of the things that I'll get, I'll get people to reach out to me and say, Hey, I want help. I want to, I want to boost my employee engagement or I want so that I, and I say, why, why is that important? And it often comes down to, because I know it gives better service. I know that happier employees who really want to be here will give better service. That's usually when I say, why does that matter? Why does it matter? That's the number one thing that people want is better customer service. What I find is that, because if you, if you think about Nordstrom versus Zappos versus Amazon um, versus Sack, all, all places that are known for great service, but very different types of service. And the issue I find most of the time is that people just aren't clear on what great looks like. And if you can really clear terms and say, this is what awesome service looks like, often your team can say, oh, aiming for it. And then you can look and say, okay, so where are we falling short on that? And is it a system issue or is it a people issue? But until right. you define it and write it down and get clear on like when it's happening, this is what it looks like, then you're kind of shooting in the dark to figure out why it's not happening. Do you think all people issues are really system issues, whether that be from the way you hire or the way you look for your people to the way you train to the way you manage? Are they all systems? Like can, can systems kind of fix everything? Yeah, I think if it, I think if it, there's a lot to be said for how people in a group respond to people in a group. So the fact that you've got a restaurant with, you know, three employees to 50 employees, the group is going to change the way that the individuals act. So yes, you can have systems for all of that, but if you don't pay attention along the way to culture, um, to how people are interacting, to what the norms are, we're always going to adjust to the norm. Nobody says anything then that becomes okay. And you could have a rule about it, but if you don't actually make sure what you want happens, then no. So I would say the most important system to have after is how you as a manager are going to give feedback to people. Because that I think has the bigger impact than anything else is getting really clear on how you give feedback and also the number one is how you listen to what's going on and say, wow, this is the fourth person in a row who had this issue I wonder if it might be me or the way I'm organizing the business. What can I go change? And that's, you know, you and I joke all the time that everyone wants to talk about Gen Z and this and that. Yeah. The issue to me is that people who are, who are in a leadership role just don't want to listen. The, the millennials and the Gen the world is changing. Yep. The world, and you can be mad about it or you can listen to us and help figure this together. And I think that's the number one issue, regardless of whether you have a lot of stuff written down or not. It's how are you listening as a manager or an owner and how are you, how are you giving feedback? So self-reflect a little bit when, when you get to that point. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think that's good. I think you answered that really well, Mike. Thank you for that. All right. <laughs> Next question. How long should my videos be and what should I talk about on them? Can you give me a few ideas? This is something that I get asked quite frequently. And um, as video becomes more popular with Instagram stories, and even though Snapchat isn't as popular as it once was, there's still a lot of people on there and the engagement is high. Um, so, so videos is something that people are trying to get a hold of. And with stories in Snapchat, it seems as if people run out of ideas really quickly. 
Like, how do I come up with an idea of what to put on a story or a video every single day? It's almost like went from people uh, back in the 90s, they would do a commercial and they would, you know, it would be a 60 second commercial. They would spend two or three months kind of producing it, getting it all together, and then they would publish it on to TV. And that would be their content. Now it's like every day. You have to come up with some kind of content every day to stay relevant. How do, how do you or how do people do you think um, – can come up with ideas on what they should be doing on there. I, I don't think length of video ha is, is relevant whatsoever. Like uh, people ask me that all the time. And I say, listen, if your video is good and you're charismatic or funny or entertaining, it could be like people will watch a seven hour star Wars movie because it's good, you know, <laughs> but if you're, but, yeah. but if your video is crap after two seconds, they're going to turn it off. Yeah. So, well, we're binge watching, you know, things on Netflix. We're watching 22 yeah. hours of television. So it's it's about entertainment. You're right. So I don't think length has anything to do with it. I think it's more people should be asking me, how entertaining should my videos be? And then my response should be very. Yeah. You know, and then uh, what you do on that is is depending. Like, um, what do you? Th so you're a consumer, right? Obviously, you work with a lot of companies and you work with a lot of um, businesses, but you also consume information. What kind of content do you enjoy? consuming on social media from a business perspective, not so much from your friends or family. Yeah, I think it, I think it depends on thing. What I really love with restaurants, what I'm seeing right now that I'm really loving with restaurants, I love behind the scenes, yep. love behind the scenes. So when it's like, um, what is one called that I just saw today before we, Emo's Pizza, Imo's Pizza, I-M-O, possibly. Is it like uh, green and red and white? Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. saw that very good. They're very good on... Um, on Snapchat, it's always really entertaining, and there's a mix of things. It's behind the scenes. Um, it's uh, it's it's really interesting stuff. There's a guy who was chatting with us last time here on the show from um, uh, uh, Bainbridge Island, Washington, the island across in Seattle. He was here listening to us last time, and I can't remember, but he he took over the family pizza business, and his his video stuff is really entertaining. It's like, you know, they'll show. Uh, what's going on in the kitchen? They'll do a little like, okay, let's let's show this guy throwing the dough. Um, who, who was that? Because I'm trying to think of it. He was with us on the show? No, he wasn't with us. He was listening to the show. Oh, was it Clayton Kruger from uh, Forelli's maybe? No, it was uh, – what is it called? In Bainbridge, Washington. I'm going to find it. I'll right. find it. Drop um, in the link after the show maybe if you find it. Yeah, so it's uh, because it's a cool. It's what probably only it, uh, Bainbridge Island is small, so there's probably not that many pizza places. So I'll find it. Um, but the stuff that that he's showing is really interesting, and it's just behind the scenes things. It's not long. It's not like arduous of like, okay, shut up now. It's like, hey, let's see this this person. Right. Um, I love customer stories. If it's you know maybe that's not as much with a with a restaurant, but I love customer stories where I can kind of see like, oh, that makes so much sense. That was me. And I saw one today that followed in, in uh, the theater world. There's the idea of like, um, once upon a time, this happened. Every day was the same until one day something happened. And because of that, because of that, because of that, until one day and now finally. And they followed that structure with this customer story. And I thought it was so engaging. It was like, once upon a time, this dude, you know, Bruce was was stuck emailing every day. And, and you know, every day was the same, <laughs> emailing so many people. And I think it was Slack, actually, that did this. Um, until one day he realized there was a better way to communicate. Uh, and since then, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. Cause I could see myself in that and I could see like, oh, that's interesting. So 
I don't know. For me, that's the kind of stuff I like to watch is are things that are addressing something I want versus somebody selling me their, their new pizza special. That's not that interesting to me. You can throw that in there, but don't make it the whole point of the story. Um, I love the whole um, like documenting. I think people try to do marketing too much and they think of marketing like marketing. Like, you know, when they say, oh, I'm gonna, like when you use social media as a business, you obviously want to use it for marketing purposes. That's the, the goal is to get customers, obviously, but they think of it too much in a marketing perspective like they would use offline marketing like that would be postcards or flyers yeah. or direct mail or and it's different you it's a story like you said you want to hear the story behind it so like documenting your day is like mike said behind the scenes think of it if you like you like i don't know what behind the scenes is like document what you do on a daily basis and that could be like you driving to work like don't don't do it while you're driving but like when you stop <laughs> the car and get out and get your coffee or get in in the morning and then you have your first customer come in like that part of the business is not something that everybody gets to see. And yeah. um, that's the funnest part. Like for me, when I go to the movies, the real fun part of the movie for me is when the movie's over and the credits play, like those blooper scenes with the actors and actresses, like <laughs> making mistakes on their movie. Sometimes that's the funniest part of the movie. You know, it's like the most entertaining part. You get to see what they're really like as humans. And yeah. uh, I think showing that is, is the, the way that you could, put some humanity into your business. Mm -hmm. Cause it's really just about it, attraction at that point. Like if you're, if you're making Instagram stories or you're making like a Facebook video, we're not talking about like long form YouTube here necessarily, no. but if you're showing this kind of social stuff, it really is supposed to look authentic. It's supposed to look like, you know, documentary storytelling. It's not supposed to be like yeah. some polished commercial. And I think if you're, there's different strategies for different platforms like Snapchat and Instagram, stories you could do very much more uh a broad topics and behind the scenes and a little bit more uh non-polished if you're going to do facebook video and you're going to use those as advertising they should be a little bit more polished like i see a lot of i see a lot of uh, and this is going to probably hurt somebody's some people's feelings but i see a lot of really bad facebook live videos you know mm -hmm. um and i feel like Maybe it's our fault a little bit because we told people to do a lot of Facebook Lives. And uh, uh, a lot of people have said, hey, I have live. Let me just do some Facebook Live videos. But those stay on your feed for a long time. And um, Facebook Live is much different than Snapchat or Instagram. So yeah. I think that a little bit more editing and note-taking and preparation should go into those Facebook Lives than the Instagram and the Snapchats. So I wouldn't do behind the scenes for Facebook Live or Facebook video for that matter. Yeah. Unless you're getting it edited and it's like a day in the life of, and then it's like a nice, totally. you know, video or something like that. But I, I think for the most part, we're talking about people doing these kind of ad hoc, ad hoc. Yeah. Videos. And I've seen some, I would should probably post some in here, but I've seen some really good edited Facebook videos, like Facebook videos that are really well done. And maybe you hire a kid who's in high school or college um, and for 50 or a hundred dollars, you just like upload all your daily videos to Dropbox and you say, hey, listen, I'll give you 50 or 100 bucks, put something together for me. And these kids yeah. are pretty creative and they're pretty good at these uh, internet tools that can help create video and they can take all those and take out the, the golden nuggets that you have in there and put it together for a Facebook video. And even how cool that'd be with like a, if it was like a 90 second video and there was a voiceover of like, you know, when my parents opened this pizza place in 1947, <laughs> Their dream. You know what I mean? That could be kind of cool. Yeah. 
That would be cool. Like and then you could use that for people who, you know, and then you promote that on video uh, to people who live in the area. And then you do that like once a month and you take all of your stories or Snapchats and download them to your phone, upload them to Dropbox and then hire somebody to edit those for you. I don't think you have to do everything yourself. You don't do everything yourself when it comes to cooking or running your restaurant. So why would you do everything yourself when it comes to marketing your restaurant? Especially if you're not good at it. And especially if you have people who are like native to this and they're like already telling stories and they get it. Cause the, the, the thing that's really awesome is the amount of people who are just regular folks using Snapchat and using Instagram and realizing how to put good stories together. Yeah. So uh, probably your employees know how to do that of like, Oh, it'd be really fun if we did a series of 10 second videos about the life of a pizza ball. And it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting. What happens? Right. Uh, because they're doing that. They're learning storytelling by, because for them, they want, they want the followers. And if your story is boring, you're not going to get followers. <laughs> right. So right. you know how to do this, learning it. You should definitely have your Instagram posts checked by a 17 to 22 year old girl before you post them on there, because how they roll is if they don't get 27 likes in the first three seconds, they that thing is deleting right off of there. They're not even yeah. going to put that on there. So I agree they with that. And sometimes, comes. exactly. And another thing I was thinking of too is if you have somebody edit your videos, they're probably going to have the eye for editing when it comes to a consumer. Not like, like if it's your business, you want to get a certain message out there. But that message may be boring. You know, but the person who's editing your video may be like, hey, listen, I think I these two things are funny. I found them humorous. Maybe you should add those in there because everybody else watching will like it. Yeah. Yeah. So the um the pizza place in Bainbridge Island is called That's a Some Pizza. Ah, okay. Oh yeah, Will. I think Will, right? I think his name Will. is Will. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, you're right about that. All right, let's go on to the next one. Wow, with 36 minutes already, Mike. We answered two questions. So I gotta keep. I gotta go. Stop talking here a little bit. All <laughs> right, here we go. How far in advance should you plan out your content? That's a good question. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I think that it doesn't. I think that there's certain holidays and certain things you're going to be planning on throughout the year. But I always like to do it a week or two at a time. I find like if I go more than a two weeks out. Sometimes the things that I thought were going to be useful three to four weeks from now aren't, and I and I just waste a lot of time in that beginning stages on content that I'm not going to use later. So I, I feel like two weeks is a good time period, and then you can kind of gauge how that content did and adjust because every everything moves so quick. Like three months from now is going to be a totally different environment than what we're in right now. So uh, going too far out can almost hurt you and just waste time. And when you think about planning content, are you thinking like you're not thinking of like the stuff you post on like Facebook Live or something? You're talking about blogging or are you talking about the full gamut? You really do think through, okay, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do this on Monday, this on Tuesday. Or how do you do that? Like for me personally, well, for clients, it's like some people that we work with and uh, we have a good portfolio of clients at this point. Um, you know, you don't know what it's going to be like on a daily basis three weeks from now. So to say, Hey, we're going to do this really big push three weeks from now on this particular item. Like what if that item is not available? What if you have three employees call out sick for work or you have to make an adjustment on your team? Uh, like that's far out. So you can maybe have a general idea of what you want to do that period, but to really put it and set it in stone and say, this is what we're doing on that day. I just think that you're wasting a lot of valuable time in like now we're worrying about things that could possibly change three weeks from now. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
it's different for me. Like for me personally, I plan out like I podcasts or these live shows. Like I plan them out months in advance um, because it yeah. doesn't usually change unless a yeah. topic comes up. But uh, or like you and I have certain questions that like me, you and I know. Like all right, four weeks from now we're going to do a Q and A show. We don't necessarily know what questions we're going to answer, but we know we're doing a show. Yeah. Well, and we know topically they're going to be about things that we both have thoughts on. We're not answering questions about like how should I do my PNL. Uh, right. Right. You know. Like no one's asking us how to change oil in a car. Right. Like right. I don't know how. I don't, I'm not. I don't. I don't really worry about that. Like I go to Jiffy Lube and I just pull in and they change my oil. Right. Yeah. You you bring a credit card and you call it a day. Yeah. So when it comes to, I would say stick to a couple weeks out. Um, do you how do you? What do you think? Yeah, I think. I think it's, I mean, you're definitely, that's not my forte so much. I think when I think about it from a restaurant perspective, what might be helpful is to say, you know, to pick something for a quarter, to pick like a 90 day period and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do, uh, you know, we're going to have the objective of growing our Instagram following yeah. and we're going to do that through daily, um, daily video or daily posts and then say, okay, on Mondays we post about this. And I think you and I talked about this. How can you hijack trends? So recently, actually, I, um, I got over uh, 15,000 views on a LinkedIn organic. No, I didn't pay for anything. Yeah. I got 15,000 views, 150 likes, um, and, and uh, a bunch of comments on a post that I did. The reason why is because I was writing about culture and how culture is not about ping pong tables and, and happy hours, how it's about listening and empathy and hearing each other. The day that I posted it was the day that all of the information, uh, the investigation was done with Uber. And so everyone had culture and listening and empathy and fairness on their brain. And so it was like contextual. The, the next thing I posted was the McDonald's thing. I got like 150 views. And it's right. So I think that there's something helpful for restaurants to say, you know, I, I think about my operator brain. On Mondays, we post, you know, meet. Meat Crush Mondays, and we post something about some product in our store with meat in it. On Tuesdays, we post about this or that. Um, so you don't have to know the content. You don't have to say like we're going to do an art. We're going to post a video about um, our uh, La Quercia Salami on Monday, June twenty eighth. But to say that on Monday we post Meat Crush Monday videos, so you can you can use the hashtag MCM, which is a big hashtag for Mondays. Um, that's, that's right. what I would be thinking if I was a restaurateur, because then you don't have to worry on Monday. What do we do Monday? I have no ideas. I don't know what to do. No, we need, we're going to, you know, show something fun right. about one of our, one of our meats, you know? And right. so I, would come I, up with that. I like that idea of a, a topic, um, not necessarily the same thing every time because yeah. that can get a little bit boring. And, um, when it comes to social media, People are really quick to hit the hide button. Like if you go into your post, especially on Facebook um, or block you on Instagram and they're different. Like the algorithm on Facebook is much different than the algorithm on Instagram. And on Facebook, you can see those things. On Instagram, you can't so much. What's going to happen on Instagram is just they're not going to see your stuff. But on Facebook, you can see if someone hides your posts. So you can go in there and say, hey, we've been posting these things for the last couple of weeks. Let me go dig into the data a little and see how many people actually hid my posts and how many people hid posts from me all the time. And if you get a lot of those posts where people are hiding or they're asking never to see content from you again, uh, then it's time to maybe reevaluate what your posting is and change that, that topics up or schedule up a little bit. But I always like to go in there and read the data. Um, That's cool. I didn't know so, you could do that. 
Yeah, it's uh, on Facebook again. Instagram's a little bit different. All right, let's get into, uh, let's see if we can do two more. I have two more left. Cool. Um, if, if you had a, let's do this one. Um, oh, wait, I only got one more left, Mike, so we're good. <clears throat> if you had a $200 ad budget, how would you use it on Facebook to bring people in the door? Thank you. So I get a tremendous amount of questions like this. Like people want to know how much money should I spend on Facebook? How much money am I going to have to spend to get people to take some sort of action? Um, what's a good ad budget for a monthly? What's a good weekly budget? How much should I spend on a post? I get so many questions like that on a weekly basis that I feel like people are thinking about it a little bit too much. And, you know, what if you, here's the thing, if you only have $200 and like, you're, you're like, okay, I have $200 to spend and I need to use Facebook to get people in the door. Like you already lost, you know, hmm. there's not, there's not a tremendous amount you're going to be able to do with $200 on Facebook one time. You may be able to have some sort of discount or offer, but a lot of the times people are like, they, they email me like, Bruce, I have an ad budget, but I don't want to discount or offer anything, but I want to get people in my door and I have a hundred dollars I can spend on Facebook. And I'm like, well, what, like, what is that going to do? Like, what are you going to do with that? Like, think about it from a, a people on Facebook perspective, like what's going to make someone look at that post or ad and say, I'm going to go there just because I saw this post, like, and I have a hundred dollars, you're going to get it from one time. So this is a tricky question to ask or to answer. Um, well, and I think the, the thing is, is just, just when you think about it, you know, cause I get it from the, I get it from the, the, you know, restaurateur's perspective. How can I spend 200 bucks and get something? Me too. Um, I get it. But when you think about it from a consumer's perspective, that isn't the way it works of like, that's not the, um, that's not the uh, customer journey. That's not the life cycle of a customer of, I saw something and I picked it up and I used it right away. It's right. just not how people shop. And it's certainly not how people shop for, for food. And so I think that's a really interesting thing is to say, how do consumers buy? When customers have found you in the past, how have they found you? When people have come in out of the blue, why did they come in out of the blue? And how can you replicate that? That's the, I think, a more interesting question because I don't know. And I think it was you who told me one time, whether you spend $200 or $1,000, if you don't know what the magic formula is that gets people to do what you want them to do, you can spend a lot of money in ads. But yeah. if you don't know what it is that makes people click the button, then you're just going to waste a lot of money in the ads. I think you told me that. Yeah. Like people spend a lot of money. And we just talked about this in the last question about videos and how long should they be. And I see a lot yeah. of videos on Facebook that are like, Hey, I got 14,000 views on my video and I spent $150 and I'm like, great, let me see that. And I see that out of those 14,000 views, 300, I'm um, sorry, 13,980 were three second views. Like, yeah. I hope the first three seconds of your video was like, come in and I'm going to give you free something because if it wasn't, <laughs> they didn't see anything from you, you know, and those 14,000 views don't mean anything. So you have to like, if I said, all right, Bruce, you have $200, what can you do on Facebook? The first thing that I would do is I would create something, some sort of giveaway or offer. I would immediately invest that $200 into Facebook advertising, advertising that offer, leading to a landing page to capture someone's email. Because through that process, I could follow up with them later. Because if I only had $200 to spend on Facebook, even if I got them to come into my restaurant and get my free pizza, like, what's my follow-up process after that? Like, yeah. yeah, they came in once, but that pizza better be really, really good in order for them to come in and 
get your pizza and then you not have a way to follow up with them later. So I would be trying to lead people to an offer, but I would want to get their email so that at least I could email them out and have a, a second at, at bat after they've visited my, my establishment. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think the, um, the whole play for email address is so important because, and we all learn this. We all learn this. Uh, I don't know when it was 2010, 2011, when Facebook said, Oh, business pages. No, you're going to pay if you want to show up in, in people's search. You're going to have to pay for that access. And it immediately changed the ability and there's nothing anyone could do about it versus the email address is really the play. And so I think that's an interesting thing to say. Instead of worrying about how you get someone into your restaurant for the first time, think about how you can connect with people who are likely to be your customers and get an email address from them because that's yeah. really what you want because then you can play some some work with that. That's a, I love that. And then when you do your email, I think we did a whole show. We should do another follow-up show soon because emails change a little bit. When you do your email, like, are you on my email list? Yeah. Yeah. Like I really try to, yeah. Are you are twice? Nice. (laughs) Like a a different, like one, like a different email addresses. I try to send out really, really useful information. Like I really go through that. And that's why I only send it out once a week. Yes, we have our services on the bottom and our sponsors for the show. But like the top of that email is like really good articles that I think you should read or listen to. And uh, 90% of it is no selling. Even my selling part is like, hey, we are good at what we do. If you want to talk to us, talk to us. There's like no like you should hire us for this or anything. It's just like, hey, we do this. If you want more info, email us. And that's what I think you should do with your email. Like really make it uh, a valuable email, not just like um, – pushing out your latest discount every day because you want to get the orders out. Like think about what's going on in your community and add that into your email. So people look forward to getting your email and then your open rates will increase by doing that. And then you can Mm -hmm. always have your secondary part in there of like what you have going on for the week. But like try to make that email that you send someone like something that they look forward to getting. Yeah. I love that. There's a good book. I just read a new book called, um, there's this series of books called do and then something do, uh, do improvise, do lead, do something. It's called the do series of books. And there's one called do open and it's about a gene company. Uh, it's written by the guy uh, who started a gene company in England. And they basically found that they like, they shut down their website cause they had too many orders uh, coming Jeez. through. They shut down the website cause they couldn't keep up with it. They were like, we don't know what to do. They shut down the website and then opened the website back up. And we're like, we're back. And it was like, Nobody cares. And so they had to really figure out how do we leverage the, um, the email list and what do you need to produce? And so they, the whole thing talks about how really the promise to somebody who signed up for your email should be something they want. If everybody signed up for your email for a pizza discount, then I guess give them that. But if they signed right. up because they want to be in touch, um, then, then that's a really, uh, that's the way to do it is to make sure, is this valuable to this person? Yeah. I love, I love the idea of using your Facebook because it's how you and I would use Facebook. If I put a Facebook ad up, yeah. I'm sending someone to a landing page. I don't have anything for them to buy. Uh, they're not going to come to my website and buy something from me. I don't sell anything. So they would come to my. They would go to some landing page and then give me their email address so I could stay in touch. Yeah. I think that's what restaurants should be thinking. I like that. I would like. I mean, I even do that. Like, we there's there's a Facebook pixel that you can put on your website. So I would like what I do is I run people to specific pages on my website. And I know that if someone lands on our marketing page, I retarget them 
with a marketing ad that says, hey, are you looking for social media help? You should talk to us because I know that they were just on that particular page. So they must be looking for some sort of help or whether that be the social media strategy session page or our marketing page or our mastermind page. Um, it's much different than someone who lands on a podcast episode and says, hey, I just want to listen to this podcast. Maybe the next ad that they see from me is uh, subscribe to my podcast and it gets shown to people who are only on iPhones. And then that link goes right to iTunes because I know people on Android don't have iTunes. So you think of it that way. Like I would use that. Yeah, there's so much different things that you could do. We do that a lot with uh, repixeling people. Like give them some stuff for free. And then through other ways, Facebook is the best marketing. When I say like Facebook's the best marketing platform that's ever existed, like I'm not lying. Like there's so many things that you could do. It's, it's unbelievable. So use that ability that Facebook gives you to target people um, and use that money wisely. Well, and I think the important thing that you said is to get really clear on what you actually want people to do. Because if, if you're really good at getting people to come in once and try your pizza, great, you did a good job at that. But now you're going to have to pay to do that again if you don't somehow get the email address from them. Yes. So I would use that money yeah. to drive them to your website, capture their email, and then say, hey, by putting your email in here, you're going to get that offer that I promised you on my Facebook page through an email, not just by like walking in the door and saying, holding up your phone and being like, hey, I saw this on Facebook. Great. You got them in the door. But like that doesn't mean that they're going to be a long-term customer. Yeah. Yeah. The cost of that is really expensive. <laughs> you know, if you're yes. not if you're not getting them to come back a second time, that's a very expensive customer acquisition game to play. Well, if you say you get so say you spend two hundred dollars and you drive, you know, a couple hundred people to your website and you get fifty people to like what's more valuable, getting 50 email addresses or getting 50 people to walk in your door? Yeah, today, those 50 people walking in your door is pretty valuable. But those 50 email addresses, that may be, you may be able to get 25 of them to come in once a month for the next three years. So in the long term, that may, that may be more valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what you should do for that. Go do that right now, actually. I love all right. that. I think that's it, Mike. That's all my questions. That's it. That was good. That's all we got. Yeah. Wow. That was a lot of good questions there. Yeah. If you have a question and you will probably be doing this in another four or five weeks, um, email me Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. If I don't respond right away to your email, I promise we'll put it aside and we'll use it on the next episode of the show. Uh, Mike, what's your website and where can people find you? So two cool things. One is uh, you can go really simply, you can find me at Mike Ganino. So somewhere on wherever you're reading this, my name is. So you can go to MikeGanino.com. You can also just go to Mike.tips and you'll get this uh, little guide I made once upon a time, a little one page thing on how to uh, start working on your culture. The second thing is uh, pretty soon and everyone on that list will get it as soon as it's ready automatically. Um, I made a joke about, I made a joke online about uh, I wish that people would rethink the way they train servers at restaurants because the whole idea of like, let someone just walk around and follow somebody is so, it's just so bad. It's the wrong way to train. So I made a joke about it. And a bunch of people said, I said, I could think of a hundred better ways to train an employee than having them follow someone around blindly all day long. <laughs> so I posted that in a moment of frustration. I was having a glass of wine and some oysters or something. And I was like, this is not the way you should train this bartender. And I posted and then a bunch of people said, so tell us those hundred ways. 
a couple of friends who are restaurateurs. And so I started uh, just organizing it all into a quick little PDF. So I'll get that done in the next couple of weeks. Everybody who's on that mic.tips list will automatically get that. And if you're watching it in the future, feel free to join. It'll be one of the things you'll get uh, as we as we get it built out there. That's awesome. I think that's pretty valuable. I, I would like to, I'm actually going to go type in your name right now. I'm going to show that you can maybe come back. Maybe you can come back on the podcast and we'll talk about all of those things. Like how do you, oh, yeah. you can implement those things? That'd be a cool, that would be a cool episode. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks again to Mike Ganino for coming on the show. Go check out his website, mike.tips, get his free download. And I'm definitely going to have him back on the show soon to talk about uh, his 100 ways that we talked about on this episode. We're going to go into all of those. So stay tuned for that episode in the future. If you have a question and you want us to answer it on a future live show or on a future show or a podcast episode, whichever you'd prefer, uh, email me, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Uh, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com for that. Just type in your subject line question and I'll get that and we'll uh, take it from there. If you want us to help you with your marketing, if maybe you're either too busy to do it and you know you need to do social media or Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising and email marketing, but you're just too busy, uh, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip is the place to go see if your zip code is available. Two types of clients that we have, people that are too busy or people that don't know how to do it. And we can help both of those. If you want to join a mastermind group, maybe you're more of a hands-on type of person and you just have some questions and you want them answered on a monthly basis, the mastermind group is a perfect place for that. Uh, that's over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. And you should definitely say hello to me on Twitter. My handle on Twitter, yes, I still use Twitter. Not so often, but I do like to communicate with people through Twitter. I am at Irving Media. And on Instagram, I'm doing a lot of Instagram. And after talking about some things in this podcast episode with Instagram Live, I think that's something that we're going to be tackling a little bit more over here on the show. So Smart Pizza Marketing is my handle on Instagram. I will follow you back. If you follow me, send me a direct message. Say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. I'm following you. I will definitely give you a follow back and a shout out on Instagram. So go do that. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate your time. And make sure you reach out on the social networks and say hello. Go reach out to Mike Ganino. I think he's at Mike Ganino everywhere. And just give him a follow and a high five or a hello. Let him know you heard him on the show. That would be awesome of you. So have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week.